Okay, now we're going to consider the abdominal system. So again, like with the other systems, we're going to get some consent. We're going to take a focused history. And the things we need to consider in our history on this occasion is obviously pain, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, any change in bowel habits, any change in urinary habits, weight loss, weight gain, sexual history, and all the other things like hazards, social history, lifestyle, reviewer systems, etc. So we've taken our history, we're now going to move to our general assessment. And again, using the same systematic approach, we're going to look at the hands, we're going to consider asterixis for this system, we're going to look at the nail beds, we're going to look at the eyes, we're going to um, consider the mouth and dentition. Okay, then we're going to um, do the inspection part of this assessment and we're going to be considering particularly spider nevi so we need to get the top off have a good look around the front the back and the sides around the arms as well for any spider nevi more than six you would refer on um, then we're going to consider our supraclavicular uh, lymph nodes and our infraclavicular lymph nodes so again considering Virchow's node which is on um, the obviously the left-hand side supraclavicular node, because uh, again that could suggest some abdominal pathology if that was raised. Now we need to lay the patient flat for the rest of this assessment. They have to be completely supine. They can't be sat up. Obviously, if they have a medical condition that prevent them from laying completely supine, then you're going to have to adjust your technique. But ordinarily, completely supine from this moment onwards. And bearing in mind they are laying flat on their back, their peripheral vision and their field of vision is restricted. They can generally only see what's immediately above them. So good communication from this moment onwards, telling them what you're doing and preparing them for palpation and things like that. So it doesn't take them by surprise, especially if they've already told you that they've got pain in their abdomen. Have a good look in, around the abdomen, ab abdomen for any scarring, stretch marks, distension umbilical distension, any raised um, vasculature or anything like that. We're also going to look for abnormal pulsations, so thinking about your descending aortic aneurysm and the peristaltic wave. Okay, you shouldn't be able to see peristalsis even though it can, it's, it's happening all the time. You shouldn't be able to see it. If you can see peristalsis, um, then you may have a, a significant abdominal problem. Okay, so now we go out of order for this particular system. Ordinarily, we'd be looking at percussion and palpation auscultation from this moment forward because we've done our inspection, but we're going to auscultate first for this system. Primarily, um, if you don't auscultate first and you start poking and prodding, that can actually um, increase bowel sound, which might give you a false positive. So you start with auscultation and you're going to auscultate for bowel sounds in the right lower quadrant for up to about a minute or so. If you can hear it there, move on, carry on coping. You don't need to do anything else. If you can't hear it there, then you're going to systematically work your way around the other three quadrants listening with the diaphragm of your stethoscope. Whilst you have your stethoscope, you're then gonna to move to the vasculature 
and you're going to then switch it over to the bell use the bell from now on and you're going to be listening for the descending aorta the left and right renal arteries the left and right iliac arteries and then uh, femoral arteries you may not you may not be able to hear the femorals because they may be too low down under underwear um, but if you can't get your stethoscope uh, low enough down then you just verbalize what you would do in your oski because you don't want to be going inside underwear so that's your auscultation phase completed uh, you're listening for vascular uh, for breweries as you would have done previously when you listened to the carotid arteries in the cardiovascular system so that's the end of the auscultation phase we now sort of go back to percussion uh, and we're going to percuss the abdomen and we're listening for a nice hollow sound obviously it might get quite flat and dense when you go over organs uh, but generally you're sort of uh, listening for normal resonance um, a bit of timpani if you go over airfield bowel um, and of course it may get quite flat if you if you're hitting things like the liver and things like that um, but again systematic starting in the um, right lower quadrant working your way around all four quadrants systematically covering the whole abdomen with your percussion sticking to percussion we're now going to measure the liver so again we would have discussed the technique during the session but essentially uh, if you got if you're dealing with a male it's, it's a lot easier you can start quite high up in the chest where you know uh, that there's lung so you get a nice hollow resonant lung sound and then you work your way down sort of mid clavicular line anterior aspect of the right side of the chest until that sound starts to become flatter and denser and that's your upper margin of your liver then you carry on down the liver still nice and dense nice and dense nice and dense until you get a nice resonant hollow sound as you get into the sort of bowel area below the inferior border of the liver mark the superior and inferior borders get your ruler out measure it should be ideally between 6 and 12 for a normal liver span obviously with ladies you're not going to be percussing over breast tissue that so makes this technique quite difficult but you need to get as high as you can to start with before you start percussing downwards towards the liver still on percussion you're going to now percuss for splenomegaly an enlarged spleen ordinarily in normal health you can't percuss the spleen but the techniques you're going to be using uh, there's two of them you're going to be percussing along Traub's space to start with and then you're going to be doing some static percussion Traub space is between the ninth and, and tenth rib you're going to be starting a sort of um, anterior axillary line uh, on the sort of um, left side of the, the patient's chest and you're going to be percussing down in the between the rib space ninth and tenth towards the mid axillary line should be nice and resonant shouldn't hear any dull percussion notes you can ask the patient take some nice deep breaths in and out while you're doing it that will move the spleen up towards the mid axillary line and if it is enlarged you might get some dense sound around that area should be nice and hollow though in normal health then you're going to do some static percussion so you're just going to um, again identify um, the anterior axillary line have a good percuss there statically 
and ask the patient to breathe in and out. And again, that might move it towards your finger, but again, should just hear nice hollow sounds. Last thing we're gonna do is we're gonna consider ascites. Obviously in reality, if, if they don't have a grossly distended abdomen, uh, which could be ascites, then you're not gonna do this, but in the OSCE, you'll be asked to demonstrate this. So with them supine initially, you're gonna um, percuss from the umbilicus down towards the bed. Doesn't matter which side you go, bearing in mind generally you're stood on the patient's right, that'll be the side you'll do. So it should be nice and hollow, 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 hollow until you hit the fluid, if there is fluid, and it will become um, dense and, and flat, and you mark that point there where your fluid line is. You then ask the patient to lay on their left side. Sorry, lay on their right side if you're, if you're approaching them from the right. That will then move the fluid um, from the left all the way down to the right, leave it 30 seconds, and then starting at the umbilicus, cusp back down towards the bed till you get to the upper line of the fluid again it become quite dense and flat and if that second line is higher than the first line then you have shifting uh, fluid shifting dullness which would suggest a fluid filled peritoneum which would be ascites okay so um, we've done ascites uh, we've done our liver and we've done some general percussion and we've done our spleen as well. So now we're going to move to palpation. So initially we're going to do some abdominal palpation with one hand, just with the tips of the fingers, one or two centimeters at the most deep, just feeling for pain, rigidity, guarding, be systematic all the way around the four quadrants. Obviously if they do say um, that they have tenderness somewhere in their abdomen, Go to that bit last, don't start there. Then you're gonna go again all the way around the four quadrants with a double-handed technique, a lot deeper, five to six centimeters now. And you're trying to feel for organs. Are they in the right place? Um, is there any masses that shouldn't be there? And again, starting away from any pain that's been reported, but be systematic and go all the way around the four quadrants with both one and two-handed palpation. Sticking on palpation, we're now going to try to palpate the liver. So we're going to ask the patient to sort of be nice and supine on their back. We're going to put our non-dominant hand under their, under their back on the right side. And we're going to use our dominant hand, sort of the radial edge of our fingers. And we're going to scoop it under the right costal margin. Ask them to take a nice deep breath in. That will allow us to come quite deep under that costal margin. And then ask them to breathe normally. And you might, I stress the word, might feel the inferior edge of the liver bumping against your index finger. If you do feel it, it should be smooth and um, rounded. It shouldn't feel knobbly and firm. Then we move to spleen. Again, normal health shouldn't be able to palpate spleen like you shouldn't be able to percuss the spleen. You can do this supine, or you can do this um, with them laying on their right side. Um, technique is basically the same. You're gonna support them with the non-dominant hand at the back. You're gonna use your dominant hand, the tips of your fingers. You're gonna go up under the left costal margin now, and you're gonna poke right up towards their shoulder blade, and you're gonna ask them to take some deep breaths in and out. Again, that will move the spleen towards your fingers. Um, if you do feel it, that's abnormal. 
ideally you shouldn't feel it at all. Okay, still on palpation, we're going to consider Rovzing's sign, which is for acute appendicitis. Uh, counterintuitively, if you palpate in the left lower quadrant and release, you might have some pain in the right lower quadrant. Okay, and that will be suggestive of an acute appendix. That's Rovzing's sign. The other thing you're going to consider is Murphy's sign for cholecystitis, so an inflamed gallbladder. So very similar to what you did with the liver, uh, you're going to poke your fingers up under the right costal margin, uh, ask them to take some deep breaths in, shouldn't be painful, um, but if it is painful, acutely tender when you poke your fingers up under the right costal margin, um, to, sort of towards their midline, then they might have an inflamed gallbladder. And that is the end of your abdominal system.